Sunward Sky, Episode 1.8 Conspiracy Brett could barely see. It was one of the things he hated about being forced to sneak around the ships this late into the sleep shift. His eyesight had never been particularly good with infrared. Once he was past the section of the ship that housed the living quarters, he reached into his pocket of his flight suit and pulled out a small battery-powered torch. He twisted the cap on it and flung a bright cone of white light onto the old bulkhead and washed out the infrared in the hall. He kept walking, trying his best to be quiet, but knowing that he sounded like a baby elephant compared to a lot of his crewmates. If anyone had asked him right then and there if he was on edge, he would have denied it. He'd been working on this mission for almost three years now. It was the eighth or ninth rotation he'd been on, and each one had been successively smoother and better run than the previous. By this point, the operation was a well-oiled machine, and besides, They'd attached the last of the scarabs to the satellites a week or two ago. There were enough people in on the plan on Sunward Sky that it didn't even have to worry too much if he was caught. War or Clark or one of the other space hoppers would be more than glad to help him out of a tight spot. They pretty much owed him after the help he'd been. Lugging the scarabs and hauling out useless cargo for them for an age down the gravity well while they'd been up here prepping things in zero-g. Only another couple of weeks. There are another three spacewalks scheduled, two on orbiting satellites, and then one on a geostationary. The geostationary satellite was the first they'd noticed the design floor on. He'd programmed the scarab for it, the giant hulking metal things that attached to the outside. The best thing was, only one or two spacecraft and a select number of crew ever looked at the satellites up close enough to even see the scarabs, so the odds of the machines getting noticed by anyone else was super low. He could taste it. Three years of subterfuge and careful planning coming to fruition before his eyes. All he had to do now was keep quiet and keep everyone's eyes off the geosync sat when they pulled up. If they did that, then the scarabs... His train of thought was pulled to an abrupt halt. He thought he'd heard someone in the corridor behind him. He turned around, flashlight in hand, and turned it to and fro looking for the source of the noise. It had been a small scrape, like that of a shoe on a grated floor. He took a few steps back along the way he'd come, looking around the corner of the bulkhead to see if there was anyone crouched in the gloom. He didn't see anything. Shrugging, he turned again and turned back down the hall, heading toward the bow of the ship, hoping to meet up with Clark. Alyssa was getting good at sneaking. She'd waited until Brett had turned the corner and then dashed off after him, keeping a safe distance between the two of them. She thanked the Lord that not all the people in this ship could move with the quiet efficiency of the career crew. Brett's stomping echoed down the halls, making it easy for her both to follow and hide the sound of her own clumsy footfalls. She did her best to stay a good distance away, which was made easy when he swatched on a flashlight. He was heading towards the nose of the craft with some speed, and the black and red silhouette was very obvious, obvious against the roving white of the flashlight. At one point, she didn't pay attention and started moving too fast. The white light became larger in her vision and she pulled herself up too abruptly. A loud scuffling sound rang down the hallway and the torchlight pulled up and froze completely. With a deafness that surprised even herself, Alyssa ducked behind the bulkhead just as the white torchlight spun around to where she'd been standing. Holding her breath and willing her heart to slow down, Alyssa listened as Brett slowly stepped closer and closer to her hiding spot. The heavy, slow thud of his feet crept inexorably closer until she was certain that he couldn't have been more than a couple of metres away. Her breath was caught, live and squirming in her lungs. 
She was desperate for air but didn't want to make a sound by breathing. Just as she was about to begin to exhale, she heard a grunt and the light disappeared from the walls and floor. The infrared light grew back into her vision slowly and the thumping of Brett's feet once again receded. She breathed out slowly, not daring to make too much noise, and waited for the steps to fall into a rhythm again before she followed him from her hiding spot. The light was again pointing away from her and the man was hidden in the silhouette as before. He rounded another corner and headed into the main corridor of the ship, and Alyssa followed a few metres behind. She had to be careful. The main hallway had less bulkheads along it, and the doors sprang out at odd instances. At any point, someone could walk out and ask why she was following another crew member around, and she'd have to go back to her cabin and just wait for someone to come and find her. He didn't seem to be in any hurry anymore, and he was being far more cautious. She crept along behind him. The deck glimmered slightly here. It had just been polished in the endless run of cleaning and maintenance the crew underwent on each rotation. The light from Brett's torch reflected off the smooth walls and cast pearlescent reflections everywhere. Alyssa did her best to copy the timing of the footfalls of the larger man in the hope that she wouldn't be heard. Fifteen metres later, she placed her foot down and heard the crackle of something underneath it. The torch swung around and this time there was nothing to hide behind. Caught fully in the glare, Alyssa leapt backward toward a nearby doorway. Isa couldn't sleep. After months and years and of everything being bad for her all the damn time, she just wished that the spaceship would be something that would be at least be safe. It didn't have to be comfortable, and she was even prepared for it to be scary. Hell, if it was scary, it was fine. She could deal with being scared, having been terrified in the dark tunnels of Baltimore for the majority of her short life. It had even turned out that it was quite cool once you got used to being out in a place with no air. The feeling of having no gravity was something she had loved, and she had been such a great mood when Alyssa and herself had come back from the spacewalk a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, from there it had all gone downhill. Once again, it seemed to her that life was being held in the centre of the bunch of dangerous obstacles, and she had to tread super carefully to know how to get out of it. Isa lay silently under her bed and considered what Alyssa had told her earlier. If it was true, and the people on the ship were doing something with that big machine on the satellite, then it had to be the people higher up in the ship, the important crew members, and all the people that knew about every, how everything worked. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to sneak everything away the way they had. She was nervous. The memory foam of the mattress was hugging her closely, but she didn't feel comforted by it. Quite the opposite, the ship was beginning to feel like a trap. In the tunnels, she'd been able to get out to go somewhere to escape. Here, she was in this perpetually not-quite-dark room, and the thoughts of what was going on in the ship just kept going around and around and around in her head. To add insult to injury, the thought that she'd soon be crippled just because she was in space was really hard to come to terms with. In the tunnels, you had to be strong, you had to be quick, and you had to be fierce. What if she got kicked off the ship and had to go back to the tunnels? It wouldn't help her at all if she couldn't walk or do anything useful when she got back there. It wasn't fair. The spaceship was supposed to be her ticket out. That's what the lady had said. That's what she'd felt originally, and that's what she'd been hoping for. She thought back to her first day on the ship. There'd been an induction, and a lady had been introduced to her. Her name was Elise, and she'd said that if Isa had any issues, she could come to her and tell her about them. Anything at all, she'd said. Well, this definitely counted. 
But Alyssa said not to tell anyone about anything. She didn't really know Alyssa, though. She got up from the bed, pulled some clothes on and headed out of the hall. She heard a door slam somewhere toward the ship's bow. Someone was following him, Brett realized as soon as the rustle had hit his eardrums. He spun quickly and his torch caught a short, dark-haired woman standing some meters behind him. Before he could react, she dashed backward and threw herself into a door nearby. He swore softly and gave chase. The woman had a good head start, but she couldn't lock him out of the room. He had top-level key pass access. Still, she slammed the door behind her and he heard the lock snick into place. He bounded towards the door and stopped in front of it. The keyhole window gave no indication of where the woman was inside, but that didn't really matter. He fumbled around in his flight suit, trying to find the access pass. On the other side of the door, Alyssa was panicking. She'd been made and ducked into the room. From her shifts on the ship while she'd been nursing her broken arm, she knew what this room was for. It was a supply room, a small maze of different cleaning and medical apparatus that left no place to hide. She'd heard Brett pull up on the door and knew she didn't have much time left. She pulled herself over to the medical cabinet and rustled through the inventory there before she finally found what she was looking for. She pulled it out and ran across to a large container. Brett found the pass. He thumbed it over the sensor and heard the door unlock. He slid it sideways and stepped into the storage room. He didn't know where the woman was, so he turned to the right and headed behind some of the shelves. He knew immediately that he'd made a mistake, and when he turned around, Alyssa was there, sliding the door closed again, brandishing a syringe full of clear liquid. Move and I'll stick you, I swear to God, she hissed. This is sodium hydroxide. I don't know what it'll do to your insides, but I'm willing to bet you don't want to find out. There seemed to be a commotion of some sort happening down the hall, but Isa wasn't paying attention to it. She was trying to remember where it was that she'd been shown Elisa's quarters. Before long, she found them. They were situated on the corner of two corridors. She recognized the room number from when she'd been there on the initial tour. She stood in front of the door, hesitating. The ship echoed with a series of thuds that she didn't think were part of the normal operation of the systems. What if she gets annoyed? We're in the middle of the sleep shift, she might not want to be disturbed. Isa put her fist up to knock, but stopped short. She was nervous. Elisa's promise to help her was probably like the promises of the state workers, who had chunted her from abusive foster parent to abusive foster parent in her early years. It might have said, here to help, but it actually meant, we're going to throw you into a new situation. Figure it out. She was panicking and standing completely still. You're being silly, she told herself. Elise isn't like those people. She's not trying to get anyone to do what she wants. She took a deep breath and looked on the door. Nothing. No sound came from inside. She must be asleep, Isa thought. She knocked once more and waited a few more seconds, then let out a defeated sigh. It had been worth a shot. As she turned to go, she ran straight into Elise as she was creeping down the hall. Alyssa tried not to shake, or to squeeze any droplets out of the end of the syringe as she held it out in front of her towards Brett. She thanked her stars the supply cupboard she'd been locked into was one of the ones she'd had to use to refill the medical supply cabinets and cleaning apparatus on her shifts. Brett looked incensed. Fury nodded his brow and his fainted this way and that, trying to get around the needle. Get out of the way, he snapped. You've got some explaining to do first, she bit back and stepped towards him, backing him into the corner of the storeroom. 
He pulled back and froze against the Velcro on the shelves, eyes wide and staring at Alyssa's hand. His breath was steady, but he could feel the pulse in his temple as he responded. Explain what? You're the one creeping after me down hallways and threatening to fill me with drain cleaner. You remember back in the terminal? You and your blonde-haired friend were lugging some box around and you store someone? Brett frowned. That was you? Alyssa smiled. Yeah, that was me. Then I got dragged onto this ship and I've been trying to figure out what the hell has been going on ever since. Okay, lady, you're the one with the needle. What do you want to know? This took some of the wind out of Alyssa's sails. For all the things she'd witnessed both before and during her time on the Sunward Sky, it wasn't as though she'd stumbled into what was going on. She'd just seen a bunch of weird stuff. Things that she wasn't certain weren't normal but had no idea what connected them. She didn't know where to start. Okay. What was that thing you put on the satellite on the spacewalk? She asked. Tell me again. Elise pressed the child that had nearly collided with it when she rounded the corner after her rounds had finished. She was the young kid who'd been her mentee the day the ship had gone up. After that woman, Alyssa had nearly crushed herself during the launch. Isa was in front of her, shivering in fear and talking of the machine that attached itself to the geosynchronous satellite. Clark and Brett and the other two, I can't remember their names. They were pushing along this giant insect thing that I saw come out of the cargo bay. Isa could barely seem to contain the words as she spread them around. Alyssa said that she'd seen Clark murder a guy when they were fixing the heat shield and she told me not to tell anyone but I figured you would be safe to tell and that's okay, right? Elise nodded slowly. She put her arms out and Isa ran into them. She pulled the girl into a hug and whispered soothing noises into her ear. It's alright. It's alright. I'm glad you told me. Now we can do something about it. Elise held Isa as she started to sob and she felt the relief thread through the girl's body. Isa? The hug pulled apart, and they looked at each other, Isa with bleary, tear-stained eyes. That thing you saw? It's called a scarab. Elise swung her hand sideways and struck the girl in the temple, then wrapped her arms around the throat and dragged her out of the cabin door and down the corridor. What are you going to do? Even if I end up leaking out of a series of needle holes in this closet, all that's going to happen is, is they'll find my body and you'll be hunted down. Brett was feeling much more in control of the situation now. Alyssa clearly didn't have the chutzpah to hit him with the syringe. Tell me about the scarab, Alyssa said, still blocking the exit to the door. It's the last one. That's all you need to know. We've been working on this for years and you've come along just before it all happens. I don't care. What do they do? They're giant, parasitic metal things that lock onto communications and GPS satellites. What do you think they do? He was getting bored of this. The girl had guts, sure, but she clearly didn't have a plan that extended beyond threaten him in an enclosed space. What does a parasite eventually do? Alyssa didn't like the implication of what he was saying. If it were true, there were many of these scarabs all over the world's communication systems. They could do anything with that, if they were clever enough. There was something about what Brad had said, though. What did a parasite eventually do? As she turned the question over in her mind, a scuffling series of thuds echoed down the hallway outside. They seemed to be coming down from the aft of the ship towards the bow. 
and they were heavier even than the footfalls of a first-time Terrant worker. Alyssa wanted to look behind her to stare out the window and see what was going on in the hall, but she, but she had to keep her eyes trained on Brett. She stared. He stared back. The footfalls grew closer and closer to the cupboard. The two of them sat frozen, and all at once the sound was just outside the door. In here! Brett yelled, then ducked down as Alyssa snarled and ran for him, needle outstretched in her hand. The door slid open, and Alyssa turned to see Elise skull-dragging Isa behind her. Too late, she realized her mistake, and felt Brent's strong arms around her, squeezing her forearms until the syringe dropped harmlessly to the floor. Alyssa gave in. She knew it was hopeless, and the man wrenched her arms painfully behind her back. She started by struggling, but turned pliant and passive as he frog-marched her out of the storage cupboard. Elise followed them, and a terrified Isa looked at Alyssa with pleading eyes. They were being dragged to the bow of the ship, and Alyssa had the horrible feeling that they were about to find out exactly what was happening aboard the Sunward Sky.